Happy New Year, friends. It's time for our 2019 wrap-up on Growing Up Punk. Done, Sauce? You did it? I done it. He's in the game? I'm always playing, bro. Always playing. (laughs) Welcome to Growing Up Punk the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends with that guy who is on the other side of the computer monitor of me right now, not literally sitting across on the <laughs> other side of the computer monitor. You're on my monitor, but the listeners can't see that. So <laughs> pretend I didn't say that. Uh, welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends with that guy. Aaron. That's you, and I am David. So there we go. That's actually what my uh, my name on Twitter and Instagram is, I believe. It just says, I am David. Oh, nice. Yeah, so speaking of Twitter and Instagram, let's get that business just right out of the way. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Growing Punk Pod as well as on Instagram at Growing Up Punk. Uh, myself, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at David Growing Up. And you, sir? Aaron Grew Up Punk. Check me out. I've been getting some ads, so uh, I yeah. appreciate that. There you go. That's on Instagram. He's not on Twitter. One of these days, maybe I'll get him on Twitter, but then it'll just be like a ghost Twitter account. I am on Twitter. It, you just got to find me. Yeah, it'll be the ghost Twitter account where you are, in fact, there. It's just you never you never tweet. Right. <laughs> That'll be your 2020 New Year's resolution. How's that? Oh, maybe. First thing I do, top of the list. <laughs> is <laughs> start at Twitter and start tweeting. Um, so, yeah, speaking of 2020, we're going to look back at 2019. Uh, this is our final episode of 2019. I put the pause in there just to make people go, oh, final episode. They're breaking up. No, final episode <laughs> of 2019. Um, so we're going we're gonna to do our, we, we've each prepared a top 10 uh, of the year of albums that fall somewhere under the punk rock umbrella tree because I know you were complaining about how your fav- your actual number one album wasn't a punk album. So you just came up with a list of top 10 punk rock or punk rock related albums. So we'll get into that. Um, First and foremost, though, I thought we could take an opportunity to talk maybe about it was uh, a, a good year for shows. Did you have a yeah. favorite a favorite concert that you went to this year? I'm going to have to go with the Interrupters. Unfortunately, it possibly might have been the Descendants had a snowstorm right. not blocked me from going. Yeah. Um, so weather was against me on that, but yeah, Interrupt. Well, uh, yeah, it's hard because. Well, the, the three main ones I saw was Interrupters, Offspring, and Sum 41. So the, right. the latter two bands I've been waiting, you know, half my life or more to see. Yeah. However, there's just something really special about the Interrupters. And so it, it's a hard pick. The Interrupters, I guess I'll go with that one because the crowd was way less obnoxious. <laughs> maybe that, maybe yeah. that had to do with the fact that there was more children there than there was yeah, drunk fair. You know, thirty-year-olds. So that yeah. that might have played a part in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you mean the the crowd was less obnoxious than an Offspring show? What? <laughs> yeah. Somehow that's a possibility. Who knew? Yeah. I was it, so the Interrupters were definitely up there for myself as well, but just for the sake of talking about more than one band that we saw live this year, I think I'm actually going to say in a, in a similar sense, I think to what you're saying about the Offspring and uh, some forty-one, like waiting a long time to see them. I think I'm going to say the same thing about my favorite show of the year, which was the Appleseed cast. Um, I'd been waiting for... And, and they were a band that 
up until I actually saw them, I didn't think I'd have the opportunity to, yeah. opportunity to ever see, right? Like, And considering they came up here and they played uh, in a room of, I mean, maybe there was 100 people there. Like, that's the crazy thing, right? Like, that they would actually tour up here. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if the crowds were like that every night. But it was definitely uh, kind of one of those, uh, uh, what's it called, um, um, you know, like shows that I've always wanted to see and got to mm-hmm. check it off the list. So yeah. that was pretty awesome. But, yes, there's no doubting and no arguing that the Interrupters put on a fantastic show. Yeah. Uh, so that was, that was pretty awesome. So, as I mentioned before, how we are going to do this is uh, we are going to go through numbers 10 through 6 first. We're going to kind of go through them in a bit of a rapid fire order. Um, Like we're going to go back and forth one at a time, but we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on these first five albums from each of us. Uh, So, sir, why don't you fire away with your number 10? Yeah, so mine was uh, by a band that has been around for many years and has put out lots of albums and I've listened to them all, and I haven't overly loved any of them, but I <laughs> really enjoyed their newest one, and that's from the band Bayside. Okay, and I'm yeah. going to butcher the name of the album, but Interobang, or however you say that word. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll, we'll let it be what it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know how to say it either. Uh, my number 10 is also a band that's been around for a while. Uh, the name of this album is a lot easier to say because it's simply titled LP3. Oh, uh, classic. Yeah, that's the <laughs> the latest from American football. Oh, yeah. Um, like, they, yeah, they, they came back, I think it was a couple years ago, with LP2, which was a little underwhelming. LP3, though, was uh, was pretty fantastic. So it made number 10 for me. And I, I should say, before we get too far into this, I did a lot of, like, tossing albums around trying to figure oh, yeah. stuff out. So yeah. uh, this this list, even by the time we're done, may not be complete. <laughs> so what's what's your number nine? Uh, number nine, I got the latest from Strung Out. So another band okay. I've been listening to for many years. However, I have yep. loved many of their albums and continue to love them. And so it, it was hard to put them down that low because I still yep. love them so much. But... Um, as with my favorites, every year it's often not necessarily what I think is the best album musically, but what's gotten the most plays. Yeah. And that one just didn't get as many plays for for whatever reason. So, but yeah, still a fantastic album. That's fair. Um, you're going to notice a bit of a recurring theme for myself on this list. Uh, number nine for me is an album called The Love Life from. A band who I was I was familiar with, but I feel like they definitely went through a bit of a sound change uh, going into this record. Not like huge, but they they changed it up a bit. But so the love life from Have Mercy. Mm. When this record came out, I could not stop listening to specifically the song Claire, just on repeat. So good. But uh, what's your number eight? Number eight, I have Jimmy Eat World surviving. Nice. Yeah, so that, that was one that, I mean, I still haven't listened to it as much as I wanted, which is why it's a bit lower down. Like, a fantastic band, consistent as, as most um, lovers of that band know. Mm-hmm. But just, yeah, too, too much music this year. So that's why it was hard to make this list. <laughs> because, again, you know, some albums came out when I was on uh, vacation this summer. And so I was, yep. you know, had eight hours of driving for a bunch of days. So some of those just made it higher up simply because they came out at the right time, I guess. Yeah, I put you through the ringer going into this episode because you're like, oh, originally it was just going to be top five. 
And then I said, well, okay, let's do a top 10, but we'll only really focus on the top five because you kept going on. You're like, I don't know if I could narrow it down. I'm like, no, you're <laughs> oh, still going to so have to hard. narrow it down. Yeah. <laughs> but um, my number eight uh, was was an album that came out early this year. In fact, until like re- like getting ready for this and looking back, I did I, I thought it came out last year, but it's SOS from Mill and Colin. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a it was a great album, nice little surprise. But yeah, when I looked back, I was like, oh shoot, that was this year. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's it's on the list. So uh, that brings us to seven. What's your number seven? I've got it's. Uh, I think it's a newer band called Like Torches. And uh, okay, yeah, yeah. They just they stood out to me. So I immediately recognized their sound being similar to Yellow Card. And so mm. when I looked into it, realized that Ryan Key from Yellow Card actually worked with them and produced the album, um, and I think even did some some guest vocals on it. But just yeah. a really kind of unique sound. It's not exactly like Yellow Card. There's no violin or anything, but right. just kind of the tone of the record really sound like them. But was just different and fresh enough from kind of everything else on my list that I, I've mm. really enjoyed listening through it. Yeah, yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, I, I checked it out briefly. You sent it to me. Um, my number seven is uh, the album Thoughts and Prayers from Good Riddance. Yeah. Uh, it was good. another one that, uh, listening through, I was like, man, these guys can still go. So that's that's awesome. Let's get to number six, though, for you. So I've got a tie on number six because they're... That can't happen. <laughs> well, only... Unless they're six and five. Uh, well, or, uh, they're, they're only tied because they're both live albums, so they're not new. Oh. So that's... The two live albums from Slick Shoes and Face to Face. Man, so, I thought we made a rule no live albums on this list because I will agree with you; those are both really good, though. Yeah, see, and that that was part of the toss-up. It was like, but yeah. the, like I've listened to those ones a lot in the last couple of weeks, and but so, before we before we move on, you need to choose. I'm going to make you choose. Otherwise, this episode is over. <laughs> We're going to end right here. If are, you are we cannot, breaking you up? To, are we breaking yeah, up over the you air? You have to pick one. Because because technically, if they're tied, the other one should be your number five album, technically, or it should have been okay, six and seven. Okay. So uh, you've got 11 albums in your top ten right yeah. now. That's not acceptable. Well, okay, so, if- so I just wanted to mention those two. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to go with <laughs> Slick Shoes because they was, were super influential right from the sure. start. It was yeah. a, kind of a surprise coming out face-to-face as yeah. already put out a live album. So I've, I I've loved it. I thought for a second there when you were going to be like, I just wanted to mention them both. Or you're going to say, so actually my number six is some other completely different album. <laughs> <laughs> I really just wanted to mention them. But yeah, both those live records were really good. Yeah, I think if I had to pick between the two, I'd probably actually go with Face to Face. So uh, equal coverage, equal coverage on Growing Up Punk. Yeah. Um, so my number six album, uh, there, there's a recurring theme in my top 10 and uh, I will I will dive a little deeper into it when we get into our top 5 but uh, my number 6 album was actually uh, Phoenix by Pedro the Lion mm. and speaking of returns like Slick Shoes coming back Pedro the Lion this was their first album since I think the early 2000s so oh wow um, it's been that long yeah, was, yeah well like Folks, Dave Bazan alright he's done like yeah Dave Bazan the guy behind yeah he's he's done all sorts he's been going right. pretty consistently but as Pedro the Lion this is the first since um, Achilles Heel, which I don't even remember the year that came out. But so is that anyway. like the the full band is back and everything with him? Well, or it's not that's just the, him using that he, name. Yeah, it's more just him going back to that name. Oh, okay, um, because the band was, from what I understand, mainly a revolving door. A bit like he worked specifically with one drummer, I think, or at least specifically with one drummer for most of the Pedro the Lion stuff. 
And then, you know, other band members were kind of different. And then when he came back to, I don't even know if T.W. Walsh, the drummer, is back. I didn't look to see if he's in the band or if it was just more Dave Bazan being like, I don't know why I ever left the name. I'm going to go back to it. And uh, I mean, stylistically, it's more consistently along the lines of Page of the Lion than maybe some of his solo stuff was. But uh, yeah, it was it was a welcome return. And I thought it was pretty great. It actually bounced around a little bit in and out of my top five. So Mm, yeah. With that said, let's get into our top five. Yeah, now, how we did this is, uh, and how we're going to do this, is we sent each other our top five so that we could kind of each give the albums a bit of a listen to have a little bit of something to say. Because, I mean, out of your 10 to 6, there were a couple there, I think, that I didn't really give too close of a listen to. Uh, but we also are going to do these out of order. Uh, and then after we're done sharing them, so these are our top five, but maybe not read in the order we're going to, we're each going to try and guess uh, what order they go in. So let's get into it. What is the first album from your top five? In no particular order. Let's go with CJ Ramon. Yeah, so C.J. Ramon, as is, as you may know from the name, from the Ramones, which was a band what? that I, I mean, obviously I've heard and have known about, but I've never really divin, divin deep? Dove That's a deep, word. Divin deep? <laughs> Welcome to Growing Up Punk, where we make words up. I've never dove deep. That yeah. sounds weird, too. Anyways, into, into any of their records, really. Um, but for some reason, this one just popped up on like a a music site I follow with new releases. And so I just 
checked it out as I do with lots of new stuff. And it just stood out. It's, it's really upbeat and it's fun and catchy. It's a bit like, I don't want to say heavier, but a bit chunkier sounding than the Ramones, maybe just because all the recordings sounded terrible. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's been one of those records that I have listened to at least 10, 15 times since yeah. it came out. And there's just something about it. Like it doesn't, you know, there's nothing crazy lyrically or any, you know, super killer musical parts to it, but just as a whole, for whatever it is, just really stood out and really enjoyed that one. Yeah, I, going back to when we, because we actually discussed, like we talked about this album on the show. Uh, when would that have been? I want to say the summer sometime. Was it was either summer or before or summer, right before, yeah, before summer? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we did an episode where we covered a few different albums because there was a bunch that had come out, and um, yeah, I just remember what I remember taking away from this record is that you put it on and it just goes like it flows it's it's real good it's easy to listen to not that it's easy listening <laughs> but it's easy right. to listen to yeah and just like to do stuff around the house like that's what i liked about it is like oh you're, you're working on a project in the basement or you cleaning up around the house just put cj ramon on and then he has a, a song uh, a few songs in a right in the middle that really reminded me of like uh like bruce springsteen sort of thing Ooh. and it was pretty cool vibe so yeah that was definitely what was the name of that record uh, is it holier than hell or something uh, like that? The holy spell. The holy spell. Yeah. I like holier than hell. <laughs> it's holier than hell. Maybe it's All just right. holy spell. Maybe not the holy spell. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So getting into my top five. Unless you had more, you desperately needed to share no, with CJ. No. Let's see right. yours. So getting into my top five. Uh, this is a, a record actually that you just mentioned um, in your ten to six would be Jimmy Eat World surviving. <laughs> Control. 
Um, and you know, as you, as you mentioned, you know, when you kind of briefly spoke about it, the, the beauty of Jimmy world is that, I mean, we've talked a lot about bands that don't mess with their sound right now. Jimmy yep. world, they messed with their sound fairly early on when they were, you know, just like one or two albums in actually, technically I think clarity was their third full length. They have one they don't talk about anymore. That's just self-titled. And then, uh, Static prevails, and then, but, but really, once Bleed American rolled around, that's Jimmy World that you get on basically every album, yeah, and um, super polished. But the thing is, is I find with some of Jimmy World stuff that while it still sounds like Jimmy World, it's not always going to be bangers, right? It's not always going to be a record that knocks you out of the park. But I thought Surviving was an excellent return to yeah. like Jimmy World that can just like you just put it on you go oh this is really good yeah and uh, I I I immediately think about a buddy of mine who we in fact first time I saw Jimmy World was with him and he doesn't really listen to a ton of new music and not the Jimmy World's new music but I told him I was like dude go listen to this and he's like man we'll see and then finally he put it on he's like yeah it's good and then he like texts like messages me like two hours later still listening to it. he's like actually it's really good yeah. <laughs> so i was like yeah so jimmy world surviving i don't know that you need to share a whole lot on it you did share your, some brief thoughts earlier but if you had anything you wanted to add yeah i mean yeah it's just something about a band that's consistent and I, again i never put a jimmy world album on i'm like holy crap like this is just insane but it's yeah. maybe i don't think they're going for that and maybe i just don't know how to appreciate their sound as much but yeah love love that band for sure they i mean they do have moments i find that are like all of a sudden like uh, um i had this conversation briefly online with the guys from jimmy eat pod about how like get it faster um you know and then uh i think was it called pass the baby i think how it was like the new and then just like moving on they always have these like weird sort of breakdown parts that get sort of heavy yeah and on this record, the last song, Congratulations, I just think it's so awesome. Mm. Like, it just gets ridiculous. But yeah, so Jimmy World Surviving is in my top five. It didn't make your top five, but that's okay. What do you got next? Yeah, well, let's go with one that you mentioned already, too, which was uh, Good Riddance. Thoughts and yeah. prayers. Rip a horn from our chest 
So, I yeah. mean, that's one that, that came out at the right time when I was spending lots of time in the van and needed to tune my kids out. And so what better way to do that with good riddance? <laughs> <The> good riddance. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. This record was... Uh, a nice surprise for me. I mean, because they did break up at some point, right? Or like go on a hiatus? Yeah, I think it was just, yeah, hiatus. And then yeah. a few, or Russ kind of started Only Crime with a few other guys, and right. which he still does. But I, I, what I found really interesting about this one is that he wrote the whole album, okay. which was, I mean, different. I don't know if that's, I, I can't remember what, what he said about that, but just, I guess they're different time zones or whatever and he just wanted to do another album and so that's cool just did it and, and it's and, and i mean much in a similar way with jimmy world like good riddance when you hear a new good riddance album it sounds like good riddance right yeah like, they're not throwing any surprises at you once they've established themselves and that's definitely not a bad thing um a lot of people complain about bands that change their sound and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't and sometimes bands just know what works and they go with it so yeah thoughts and prayers was um it was also one that bounced in and out of my top five and i won't lie uh when i knew it was in your top five and i assumed it would be i was kind of like okay it, it it maybe adjusted my my thoughts on it a little bit because I was like, well, I want to expand what we're talking about. Right. Hence, I said, you know, like with the top ten, I'm like, ah, this list was changing even up until just the other day. So um, we're this is not a definitive, you know. You, you see all these, you see a lot of lists coming out right now that are like top albums of the past decade and whatnot. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't do that yeah, because my either. opinion on records change from one listen to the next, really. So. Yeah. But it was definitely up there for me. Um, so we've we've named what was your first that first album? You, oh, CJ Ramon. Yeah. Um, so we we've named a couple of artists that have been around for a little while. Yeah. Um, my next entry into my top five is actually an artist, a band that put out their debut full length uh, just literally a, like a month ago or so. Um, Origami Angel. I had never heard of them hmm. until all of a sudden there was some stuff going around on Twitter. I'm like, who's this? And I checked out one of their songs, which ended up being on this record. But the album is called Somewhere City.
And the thing about this record, um, two things. <laughs> One, I was sent an advanced like download or like streaming link to review the record, and I never got around to reviewing it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I got that. it like a day or two before the album itself came out, and then I was kind of like, ah, maybe I'll get around to it sometime. It just kept getting put on the back burner. Um, but uh, this album, every time I listened to it, the very first time I heard a song by them, I think it was 24-hour drive-through, I was like, whoa, it gets really weird and chaotic in the middle of the song. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, like the payoff for that kind of section of the song is so good and i'm like okay all right you know they do a little bit of like the mathy emo um like tapping and stuff like that they don't do it a ton but they've definitely got some controlled chaos in their music and every time i listen to it though the melodies just bring me in every single time that they're singing and the thing that blows me away is it's literally a two-piece this band is a yeah, guitar player vocalist and a drummer so it's just two dudes um rocking out and for a debut full length, like I, I think these guys, they've definitely got some, they've got some potential. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a record I need to go back and listen to again. I mean, on first listen, it didn't catch me, but I know just what the style it is that I'm going to have to put a bit more time into it to, yeah, to appreciate it. It is, it is. A, I mean, I will say I don't think it's necessarily for everyone because it does get a little mathy chaotic sort of deal but the thing i like is it never gets too crazy like they'll go crazy for a second and then bring it back yeah and i'm like okay okay i can i can get into this so um yeah i, I thought that was i was blown away by that record and lyrically i think it's pretty cool too yeah yeah for sure so what do you got what do you got next well it's funny you say uh bands that have been around because now that i'm looking at my list it is all bands that have been around for <laughs> i know 10 15 know. 20 years maybe yeah. maybe more uh, let's let's go with um, with a guy named Scott Sellers.
you may recognize as uh, the vocalist and guitar player of the band Rufio, who's been around since uh, early 2000s. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, in the last year, he's, or even just over a year, he's put out five full-length albums, so he's... (laughs) A writing machine. Um, to say that, I mean, all the albums are more or less fairly similar, you know, right. style-wise. There's not like one diff- doesn't differ much from the other. But he's just so good at writing fast, melodic, skate punk songs. And yeah. and I just, I can put on any of those five records. I don't even really know how to decipher them all because they're all so similar. But I can yeah, just yeah. put them any one of them on and it just brings me so much joy because it's so good. Yeah, I was a little thrown off because you'd mentioned oh several full lengths. I think is what your what your text said when you sent like your top five. And so when I went and looked them up on Apple Music, they only have two records, and one's from 2018, and then the other's Power Hungry, which was just released literally not even a month ago. Um, and so that was the only one I listened to was was Power Hungry because I'm like, well, we're looking 2019. I got to stick to 2019. And yeah, like I mean. For me, it didn't necessarily like blow me away right out of the water. I also just kind of went into it to kind of familiarize myself a bit. But he was, I was wondering like who he was. And so, is it just like does he play all the instruments? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm not sure if the drums, I couldn't really tell if they were programmed or not. But yeah, essentially at this point, it's, it's just him. I always find it weird, like, because it, it doesn't happen too terribly often, but where you have like, you know, a punk band, a pop punk band, whatever artist that goes by like their name. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and not just like, even just to give himself a band name, it just feels weird. Like the, the whole personal name thing, Scott Sellers, like, it sounds like you should be like a singer songwriter sort of deal or, you know what I mean? Like, right. So it threw me, threw me off a little bit. I didn't know what to expect going into it. Or, you know, like he had been in a band, which you mentioned he was in Rufio and then doing solo stuff. That's still kind of tinged with, you know, his roots, but no, it's like a full on, like you said, like pop punk, skate punk yeah. sort of vibe going on. So it was kind of cool though. I definitely, definitely appreciated it. Um, yeah. Did you have more to say on him? Yeah. I just, I was going to say, I don't know why, like, why he wouldn't just still have it by Rufio just for namesake, namesake, even if it's just him or whatever. Right. Because there have been other bands that, that have done something similar. It's continued, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I guess, I, like he said, I, I listened to him on a, on a different podcast, and he, he just, he's a creative guy. He's got all these ideas. He's just putting it out. If people like it, great. You know, he's not trying to do it as a living or to tour or anything, so... I guess yeah. just put it at the name and, and hopefully people kind of recognize him. That's fair. Um, so continuing on with my top five, going back to bands that have been around for a little while uh, and also continuing the theme of I need to change. If I continue in this in this direction, I'm going to have to change the name of the show from Growing Up Punk to Growing Up Sad <laughs> because most of my records on this list are emo albums. Yeah. Um, and this next album is from one of the one of the greats of like the late nineties, early two thousands emo bands who are broke up for a little bit, got back together and released a fantastic album this year. Uh, Problems, the Get Up Kids. Yeah. By myself, I don't think anybody else even cares. All is well. You're only thinking of yourself It's a long way down It's a long 
actually spoke about this album when, because uh, I think it came out the same day as CJ Ramon or right around then. It was on the right. same episode. We discussed yeah. both of them. And to be honest, like, so with the Get Up Kids, my history with the Get Up Kids is I really liked something to write home about. I really liked On a Wire, which I know was a record that kind of like turned a lot of Get Up Kids fans off at that time because we talked about direction changes. But they kind of like, after On a Wire, I feel like they kind of found this in-between ground between the On a Wire sound and something to write home about. But it just didn't really interest me too, too much. Uh, so when I heard they were getting back together a couple of years ago because they released the Kicker EP, um, and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. And then Problems came out, and I was like, whoa. Like, this is this is really good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so pumped to, pumped to have them back. And, like, with this record, is like the more I listen to it, the more I realize that, oh, man, I like this. Like, this is pretty good. Um, so, yeah, Get Up Kids, like, they've, they've kind of climbed that list back for me a little bit, going, oh, I want to listen to them more often when I kind of, like, they were one of those bands that was just few and far between that I'd listen yeah, and I, so this band didn't make my list. However, they did make it onto my best of 2019 mix CD that I made. Oh, which so, song? Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I think no. it's I think it's a uh, track one. Satellite. That's yeah, a good yeah, track. yeah, yeah, yeah. Satellite. Yeah. So it. Uh, I guess it's it's the top emo track of the year because that was my maybe the only <laughs> only emo ish album I really gave a full listen to. That's fair. That's fair. So, uh, yeah, no, it was, I really liked it. So what do, what do we got next in your top five? Because I think we should have two left yeah, each. Yeah, two, right? yeah. So I'll do another one that you mentioned before, which is uh, Mill and Colin. Another yep. band that 
has been consistent for decades and just brings me so much joy. You know, I every time I put a record of theirs on, doesn't even really matter which record, but the last few of theirs for sure have been have been up there. And uh, yeah. so I just love that they're still still going at it and still staying true to their sound, but still yeah. staying you know unique enough that it's not redundant. Yeah, I thought this this record was uh, a real nice surprise. And like I said, when I was like going back through, I was like, oh shoot, that came out in 2019. Dang! Like I thought it was I thought it was last year. So I was like, yeah, that's definitely on my list because they. Um, I mean, they're a band that, again, we talk about bands changing sounds. They did change their sound somewhat. They pivoted a bit early on in their career. But since then, like since Penny Bridge Pioneers, it's just been like straightforward, melodic, skate punk sort of stuff. And it's always top-notch. So yeah. good. And I did I did find that this record um, I enjoyed more than uh, like True Brew. Was that their last one? Yeah. Yeah, like I did enjoy it more than that, and some of the, like their success, like the the albums that in between, um, this one kind of like rocketed back up to the to the list. Like I would I would put this one for me in like top three Millencolin records for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Which is right always cool when, when bands like that that have put out you know however five eight albums. Yeah, that they're you know we've we've mentioned this a few times. I think we said that with Face to Face as well. Like, yeah. It's just it always amazes me. Like, is it just because they've been playing for so long together that they're better, or you know they're not touring right. as much and so they have more time to put into the songwriting? Or it would be yeah. intriguing to hear kind of what what it is that that makes it like that. Yeah, it was, and yeah, again, I lo- I love it when when you put something on and you kind of go because I feel like a lot of the time nowadays when I see like some of my old favorites releasing new music. I'm a little bit like hesitant. So like this year was incredibly like impressive for me. And the number of artists that like, whether it was making a return or uh, have been releasing music, you know, fairly consistently, but all of a sudden just hitting that stride again, 2019, I think was a big year for that, which at the same, at the same point could be a little like a little sad in that I wasn't discovering a ton of new stuff mm. that was blowing me away. There was some good stuff along the way, but but uh, for sure, this year for me was a year of oldie goldies. That's a terrible phrase to use. The classics, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the staples coming back with, with fantastic albums. So did you have more to say about Mill and Colin? Uh, killer band that I missed seeing live a few years ago, and I'm still bummed about it. That's fair. I did see them live a few years ago. So good. Fantastic show. Yeah. That's actually what got me back on board with Mill and Colin to begin with. Um, okay, so moving on to my next one. These This is a band that's been around for a few years now, but they are not, you know, originals. Uh, that's not a good phrase either. They're, they're, it's all original members in this band. You know what I mean? They're not guys who have been <laughs> around for too terribly long. But uh, the album that I am about to give heap praise onto uh, is called Breathe, and it's Tiny Moving Parts. Bathing in exhaustion, a never-ending train wreck. I swear my legs they function, but I'm assembled to crawl. I'm heading east of Benson to glorify a casket, whether it's Swift Falls or St. Paul. I can't spend another weekend at a funeral. I'll try again. Paralyzing medicine to forget who I am. Try again. 
Will you twist my vision into a perfect blur? Will you pull me underwater, drag me down head first? I'll try again. I need psychologic paralyzing medicine to forget who I am. Try again. Forever freeze in silence. I need to forget who I am. So I'll try again. Uh, tiny movie, tiny movie parts, tiny moving parts <laughs> for me um, <laughs> have become a band where they almost like snuck up on me and like grew into my favorite like current generation band. Mm. Um, alongside like an, initially for me getting back into this whole like pop punk emo sort of stuff, like what's going on now. A lot of that earlier stuff would have been like Wonder Years, which actually you can't see it, but I'm wearing a Wonder Years t-shirt nice. right now. Um, you know, bands like that. But Tiny Moving Parts, with their album last year, Caution, it made my top five this year. They made my top five again. Um, and uh, yeah, they're just... I know a lot of people go, oh, they used to be so much better because they were more raw. And, and yeah, they wrote some good songs back then, but I do enjoy like how polished they are and the hooks they write. And they tend to release um what's it called oh like like guitar playthrough videos where oh, yeah. Dylan will sit down and he'll just play with no vocals in the music so it's just an instrumental version and it is so engaging i mean watching him play the way he plays is one thing but then the music itself is engaging and i just discovered um recently i was watching i think it was a rig rundown with Dylan and he was talking about how when they write a song Cause the, oh yeah, the guy was asking was like, how do you play that style and sing at the same time? Like it's yeah, crazy. crazy. And so he said, when they write a song, they work out the song and then they just play it over and over and over and over again before he even writes lyrics. Wow. And so the songs themselves, because of that, I find are just engaging on their own. And I mean, there can be something said, you know, I love post rock, but listening to instrumental post rock all the time gets boring for me. Cause it's the same kind of you know, formula where you start quiet and you build and you get huge and then you get quiet again. Right. You write eight and a half minute long songs and all this stuff. Um, whereas like I could listen to tiny moving parts, um, instrumental on loop and it would just be as, just as engaging as with his hmm. vocals and well, lyrics in there. So yeah, yeah I really uh, dug this record. Yeah. I enjoyed uh, listening through it too. I mean, I, I wouldn't know it as in depth, but I definitely enjoyed you know, what I heard of it and, and would go back and listen to it again. And they stretched a little bit. There's a banjo on a song this time around. Yeah, that's all you, that's all you need. <laughs> and it's funny because on the video for the song, um, he's playing his guitar and singing. And then all of a sudden when the banjo part comes in, he swaps and he's playing a banjo. And so the first time I saw it, I was like only half paying attention. I like look up. I'm like, wait, what? He's playing a banjo now. I'm like, oh, yeah, there it is. But uh, yeah, no, it was definitely, I was surprised. Like they've released two two years in a row, they've released top five records for me so that's yeah that's crazy well, good that's awesome so what is your final record of your top five not necessarily number one obviously but the yeah. final entry into your top five yeah so this is a band that uh, i'm not sure when they put their last album out it was might have even been a decade ago or more uh, a band called much the same
I don't even know. Like, I, I definitely listened to them before, but nothing that left a lasting impression on me. So when yeah. this one came out again, I was I was traveling this summer, and and it just caught me off guard. It was just so much better than I expected. It's super yeah. catchy. It's really fast and melodic, and yeah, I just I've been listening to it a lot the last even month or so, and yeah, yeah so good. It is a record that for me like kind of pops into my brain every now and then. It didn't make my top 10 list, but um, as far as straight up, if I made a list that was just straight up punk rock records, yeah, yeah. I would have made that list. Yeah. Um, but it's it's interesting because I remember listening to it and thinking there's something in it that reminds me of like Craig's brother, uh, sort of like in the melodies that they write, I think is what it, where, where yeah. I was getting that vibe, which I saw to. I think just today, the day we're recording this, that Craig's brother, within the last day or so, launched their Kickstarter for a full length yeah, next year. Yeah, I saw that. So that means we should get a full length from Craig's brother next year and a full length from Slick Shoes next year. That's pretty yeah, rad. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah, but uh, and it's also funny because we did bring up much the same briefly in our Goaty Hook episode because as we were looking at some of their shows, one of the shows they played was with much the same. Yeah, so, yeah. There um, you go. But yeah, it was definitely definitely a good straight up again punk record um so my final entry into my top five for 2019 again a band that is back um it had been some time since they released their last record i am curious to look and see let's see if i can bring this up just how long it had been since they released their last record um but had been i guess six years so not terribly long but still long enough uh and a band that I've already mentioned on this episode because they were my favorite concert of the year. Of course, I'm talking about the Appleseed cast and their album, The Fleeting Life of Im- Fleeting Life, Fleeting Light of Impermanence. It's a name. It's a name and a half.
this record, for me, I had kind of, like the Appleseed cast had kind of fallen off the map a little bit for me with their last couple releases. I wasn't super into them. They were okay. They have released one of my favorite records of all time in two conversations. Mm. So I'd always like, always had that sort of appreciation for them. Would continue to check out when they release new stuff. And when this came out, the first two singles they released, I don't remember which order they were in, but were Chaotic Waves, which is track one, and Time the Destroyer, which is track three. Time the Destroyer, for me, legit has, would have a shot if I were to break it down of being like song of the year for me. Wow. It's, it's like everything about that song I love, and I feel like there was thought put into it. Like they have different parts in the song that it's like, okay, now we want to do this because we want to feature this or 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 uh, like kind of relay this sort of thing. It's just... Yeah, as as the album itself, um, this one did bounce around a little bit for me too, and just in recent weeks listening to it, I was like, oh, put some headphones on and listen to it. It's just too good. It's too good. Um, so yeah, that that's my final entry uh, for my top five of 2019. And again, it was another thing, like a band where they they came back and I would say released the best album they've released since the early 2000s, mm. um, which is which is pretty awesome. But so. So that goes to show how how different we are because or in yes. some senses because when I listen to that album I I, I could barely make it through it. <laughs> I just I I don't know and it just comes down to I just I don't appreciate that kind of music. I don't know how to appreciate it. I put yeah. it on and I'm like I just I need I need to put on a punk record because <laughs> So cool. well that was the thing I liked about this record is there was quite a bit of variance on it like they started working with some synths more and stuff like that but but like the Appleseed cast is a band that changed the way I look at playing guitar mm. like it changed mm. from me being just like oh I just want to play punk songs to going wait what are we doing here and I mean I do miss a little bit the I guess straightforward approach that Chris had when writing you know songs for uh, two conversations he gets a little more just like metaphor and you know i i like direct songwriters sometimes and i do miss that a little bit but yeah. musically this this album is super engaging for me so um yeah i was very pumped to see them back and release a record and then to tour that record and get to see them that was that was an added bonus so yeah definitely with that said let's see if we can guess each other's <laughs> top five in order so again um my top five were I mean you've written them down I've written yours down but my top five were Jimmy Eat World, uh, Origami Angel, Appleseed Cast, Get Up Kids, and Tiny Moving Parts. Can you guess my order? So I, I just say them in order and you'll say how many I got right or what? Um, yeah, I, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Or you'll I, just like say I'll, I'll right t- or I'll wrong. T- <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just trying to think. I'm like, if I just say right or wrong, then are you going to start like flipping things around going, oh, okay, well, maybe this one isn't here sort of thing. So yeah, I want you to just read it and we'll see how many you got in the correct position. Okay. Oh, man, this is tricky because <laughs> they're, they're so different than mine. So it's hard to, um, I'm going to start go, at number five, start at number oh, five, number five. Way. I'm going to do origami angel at number five. Okay. And then I'm going to put uh, Get Up Kids 4, okay. Jimmy Eat World 3, Appleseed okay. Cast 2, Tiny Movie Parts, Tiny Movie. <laughs> now you're doing it too. <laughs> uh, at, at number one. And uh, tiny, move, tiny Moving Parts at number one. <laughs> okay, so you got two right. 
You got Origami Angel correct. And I feel like I gave that one away a little bit because originally I'd given you my top five included Pedro the Lion. And then I said, oh, I'm going to swap out Pedro for oh, Origami oh, Angel. <laughs> I, I didn't think about that at that time. So, And you got Jimmy Eat World correct at number three. Now, here's the thing. My top five, there was – I I can't remember if I texted you that there was some a big surprise in my top five because when we started talking about our top albums of 2019 – you would have been right in saying Tiny Moving Parts at number one. And for the longest time, it was the runaway number one for me, where I was just like, nothing even touches it. And then I started listening through the albums again and coming back. Mm. And the the more I listened to Problems by Get Up Kids, the yeah, more I stole the wanted spot. to listen to it. It stole the spot, okay. which then hurt a little bit too, because I was like, ooh, I wanted, like, I was like, oh, I, I felt like Get Up Kids and Jimmy Eat World were going to be like competing with each other. And then in the end, I was like, no, Get Up Kids just flat out won. Jimmy Eat World ended up three. So uh, it was Get Up Kids at number one, Tiny Moving Parts number two, Jimmy Eat World at three, Appleseed Cast at four, and yeah, okay. Origami Angel at five. Hmm. So that big shift surprised me, though, when all of a sudden I went, because originally my list was written out. It was Tiny Moving Parts, Jimmy Eat World, Get Up Kids. That was my top three. And then when I realized, I'm like, oh, shoot, I think I like Get Up Kids more than Jimmy Eat World. Wow. Oh, dang. I think yeah. I like Get Up Kids more than <laughs> Tiny Moving Parts. So, um, But yeah, it's pretty great. Okay, so I'm going to guess same thing. I'm going to go from number five to number one, see if I can knock down your order, and uh, at least see if I can beat two. That's my goal. My goal is to get two or more uh, in the right spot. So number five, I had Scott Sellers. Number four, I had Much the Same. Number three, CJ Ramon. Number two, Mill and Colin. Number one, Good Riddance. Wow. Did I get it? You got everyone. <laughs> amazing. Nice. Which oh, which amazing. maybe is is easier to do because uh, maybe maybe those ones maybe you're from more familiar with those than I am with yours or or maybe you just That's know me fair. well enough or I've talked about them but well, yeah, good when job. I was when I was constructing your top 5, when I knew what they were, um I was just trying to think what I'd heard you talk about the most yeah. and the most consistently. And so, like, Scott Sellers, I'm like, I hadn't heard that name until you sent me your top five. I'm like, okay, maybe it's a surprise thing. Much the same, I knew we talked about a bit. CJ Ramon, I remember a few times you talked about, like, oh, man, that, like, being surprised, basically, by how much you like that record. Yeah. And then it was kind of a toss-up between Mill and Colin and Good Riddance at 1-2, or two, I guess, Good Riddance and Mill and Colin 1-2. Um, I just kind of went, I feel like Mill and, or Good Riddance is the choice here, because um, I knew you liked that record a lot, so that's funny that I... All time, yeah. we got all five. Yes, well, I guess and, I... And with Good Riddance being one, I think I'd even mentioned, you know, there's not many albums that I just listen to back-to-back -back over and over yeah. again because there's so much music out there, but that was one um, that yeah. as soon as I finished listening, I was like, yeah, I want to listen to that again. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it is a good record. I will not argue with you. Um, every time I put it on, I'm always like, oh, yeah, this is actually... I'm I'm a little bit surprised at how much I think I like it. Yeah. Uh, but that happened with me a number of times, like going through these albums. I was like, dang, like I kept shuffling stuff around. Like I want to look at, let's see, the rest of my list. Do I have, oh, like uh, Stuck Out Here. They released a good record that was mm -hmm. sitting at number 10 for the longest time. In fact, at one point they were up in my top five and then I like bounced around. I was like, well, no, I don't know. Um, I mean, the Menzingers had a good record this year. There was, there was just like, I couldn't get into that one. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like Menzingers and Stuck Out Here, I think are fairly similar, uh, in their sounds. The thing I liked about Stuck Out Here was, um, 
the storytelling in their songwriting, which Menzingers does as well, but stuck out here being Canadian. There were like references that I got that I was like, ah, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it was 2019. I remember when we were talking about setting up and, and, you know, coming up with our, our top five and then eventually top 10 lists. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to put on here. Cause there wasn't a lot of stuff that jumped out to me. Right. Mm. Well, yeah, Last- I mean, a big part of it is, you know, like I, like I mentioned, my, my actual top five were more, you know, metal records. Yeah. Um, but what it Which comes down... Which I totally down, said you could do, but you decided yeah, not to. Yeah, there was, two, there was so many good... You know, I had a list of like 15 punk albums from the year that, that I wanted to mention. So, yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, it's, I mean, whatever, right? It's just 10 albums we're talking about, whether it's the actual favorite or not, or... Right. So know. here's a question for you then. Would your any of your top five that you listed now, would they have made your top five records if you were including metal and, and other stuff? The only one that I had was Good Riddance. Good Riddance, yeah. Would have, would have been in the top, the actual top five. Yeah. I think for me, like the list I made probably was still what was tops for me. Um, but it was, yeah, when I looked back on the year, I was like, oh, there are so many, so many bands that came back or like that have been around for a while that released stuff that was really good this year. Yeah. Whereas like last year getting ready for the year end episode, I think it may have all been like current bands that are still climbing or in their peak right now, right? Yeah, there's definitely more um, newer bands. And in, in yeah, because last year too. I know my my favorite record last year was um, Trash Boat, Crown Shyness. Yeah, I know. Dang. Yeah, Wonder Years was on there. Tiny Moving Parts was on there. Bearings was on there. Yeah. Um, oh, and. Um, Oh, Living with Lions. Oh, yeah. So, like, those are all, I mean, Living with Lions are probably the oldest band on that list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, yeah. It's interesting just from year to year, you know, now to this year, for whatever reason, so many of the old bands put out new stuff. So, yeah, because yeah, I, I had some, some newer stuff on mine last year, too. So, yeah. Real just, Friends had a good record last year. Like, there were, there were a number that, yeah, that came out. But, uh, yeah, no, it was, this was this was fun, and it's nice to see some of those old favorites not only still going, but releasing some of their best material. I mean, yeah. not their absolute best, but stuff that actually like really holds up. So, like, I got tickets to go see Jimmy World in May, awesome. and I mean, yeah. I'm it, it doesn't feel like a chore for me to listen to the new album to familiarize myself with some of the songs, right? Yeah. Not saying that it ever felt like a chore seeing them in the past, but I'd always be like, yeah, but I want to listen to the old stuff, right? Whereas right now, it's like, man, surviving it yeah. rips, it's good, yeah. So. Yeah, and it makes me excited for what what could possibly be out next year. What bands, yeah. you know, are going to want to make the the first year of the decade something special, or yeah. you know, yeah. Well, I love that about music. And speaking of next year, so our next episode, depending, I mean, maybe you're maybe the people listening to this, it's already twenty twenty. I don't know, but um, our next episode that we're going to be back for is in twenty twenty, and we're actually going to we're changing things up slightly, not entirely, but slightly. But the, the next band we're going to talk about actually made both of our lists uh, this year, which is very P-O-D. fitting. P-O-D. P-O-D. Oh, what? Yes. Oh, Wait a oh, second. Sorry, never mind. Yeah, was... <laughs> good riddance. We're going to talk about good riddance now. Yeah, that's not me like saying goodbye and wishing ill will on you. Um, <laughs> good riddance. We're going to talk about them yes. in our next episode. But what we are changing, uh, if, you, if you've been with us 
from I mean it's 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 complicated to say this, but from episode one of <laughs> yeah. Growing Up Punk, uh, I do believe if you look in the podcast feed, there are literally two episodes that might be labeled episode one. I may have relabeled one, but there was an interview I did that was initially labeled episode one. Oh, okay, with Matt from Junior. I think I've since renamed that to just in, an interview. But um, if you've been with us since episode one of Growing Up Punk, you'd know we talk about bands and their entire discographies typically. Some of these bands that gets tricky. Specifically, like we just did Pennywise, we still approached it that way, but I thought, let's do something that provides a little more in-depth looks at specific things. And so we decided what we would do is we would talk about two albums from one band. We'd each pick an album from a band's library. Yeah. Um, so next episode, we're going to talk about Good Riddance. My pick for Good Riddance was Symptoms of a Leveling Spirit. And what's your pick? Ballads of the Revolution. Right, and so what we're going to do is we're going to discuss these two albums, and I don't know that we're necessarily going to try and convince each other as to which one is better, because for all I know, you may like Symptoms more, and I just picked it first, so you had to pick something else. But then at the end of the episode, I think we will we'll each pick which album we prefer, or what have you, and uh, maybe that changes from going in and then giving it a closer listen. Maybe it doesn't. Who knows? But I think that's probably how we're going to do things going forward, is like looking specifically at just two albums from a band, which also means... We may visit a band more than once. Um, we could come back to Good Riddance down the road and go, well, now let's talk about you know, Operation Phoenix and I can't remember another album title off the top of my head right now, but um, you know that sort of thing. So uh, that's, that is what we're going to do. Um, next up is Good Riddance, Ballads and Symptoms of a Leveling Spirit. Yeah, man, it's going to um, be awesome. But that's going to wrap up 2019. Uh, so, yeah. Thanks for joining us this year. Hopefully just bigger and better things next year. Yeah. Um, yeah Aaron's got more stoked. interviews that he's got lined up already. Some of them are in the can that I just have to edit and get out. So uh, expect more of that. And if you've got bands that you think we should cover or you want us to interview, um, we're always looking for more ideas. So that's yeah, cool too. Bring it on. But anyways, See that'll wrap it up. decade. <laughs> <laughs> Adios. Adios.